Hey everyone, Mario Salinas, welcome back to 2024 Wisdom's Echo and also story time with me. I'm going to continue to share stories and lessons that come from those stories this year as I have been the last few years and I hope that that is something that benefits our worldwide audience. I certainly enjoy it and thanks for all the stories and testimonies that you send throughout the year encouraging us in the different things each of us is doing with Wisdom's Echo. My story today brings me to an annual event in my life and in also my household's life, which is the, uh, the construction of a Lego set. Yes, the toys Lego. Uh, they release a certain particular modular uh, building design every year. They do it in January. This year they did it in December of 23 it's usually January of the new year and it's a particular architectural Lego style that is extremely involved to build um, there's a mandatory 18 or older for this one you can't do it if you're younger than that and even in my uh, I started when I was in my 40s I've built 18 of them this is the 18th year that I do the uh, that I've been doing this and they're extremely hard to build and even in my in my mid 50s now i'm struggling with some of the <clears throat> instructions even though they're very clear and precise uh, these are very difficult uh, ones to build and this particular one that i'm talking to you about is the newest one the newest modular lego building which is the natural history museum if you have a chance and you want to and you can you can look up a video that was uh, released by the designer of this particular Lego set, the person who actually put together the plans for, for building this and the construction of the various unique pieces that are required to build this set. And uh, it's like a four minute video, uh, but it's so interesting what went into it. And one of, the, one of the items or one of the elements of this particular build that I'm sharing with you today is that there is, this is the Natural History Museum and it features uh, different things like bones of prehistoric sharks and a room with a dinosaur that uh, actually spans the two stories of the, of the, of the building. Uh, this is the first time in this particular set that I build every year where something uh, goes from the lower level to the highest level of the building and they do that through a balcony and all these different things. And it's such an incredible design and build. But uh, one of the features of it is that there are a set of bones that are buried underneath the floor of the lowest level of this Natural History Museum building. So, so imagine, imagine a, a, an exquisitely detailed um, section of this entire process and this entire building that no one will ever see. Because what you have to do is you have to start from the bottom up as you do with every Lego build, every set. And this particular uh, room, if you would, is full of these different bones of, I think it would be dinosaur bones or some other prehistoric animal. And and it's very clear that that's what you're building. It's, it, it, it's like, it's supposed to be an unearthed or yet to be discovered uh, area underneath the Natural History Museum that has these bones. There's no access to it for the public. There's no access to it for the workers. 
It's just under the museum and supposedly no one knows about it, but you as the builder will know about it. But here's the amazing part in something that's leading me towards what I want to share with you today. The amazing part for me is that I spent half an hour building this particular room only to cover it up for no one to see. And so much of what is in us that is of value and of exquisite detail in terms of the deposit of heaven in our life, Yahweh's input in our lives, the substance and the essence of who we are and what we carry is hidden. The best of us, I believe, is, is hidden. In my teaching, The Golden Nails, those of you that may have heard it live in different settings, but also those of you who may have purchased it on my site, The Golden Nails talks about Solomon's in, ingenious uh, decision to to build the temple with an overlay of gold on everything that he built. It says in, in, in Kings that he overlaid the entire temple on the inside with gold, including the altar. Everything was overlaid with gold, but the, the one thing that was solid gold were the, were the nails, which were about half an ounce of weight each. And, and it's just astounding to me that the one thing that no one would see was the one thing that had the greatest value because there's a huge difference between pure gold and an overlay of gold. Solid gold, overlay of gold, huge difference in weight and in cost, right? And, and I believe the costliest, most valuable, most significant elements of our faith and of our walk with Yahweh are the things that no one sees, are the things that are not celebrated, the things that I like to say don't have the music playing in the background as they do in the movies. These are the, these are the elements of our lives, the traits, the characteristics, the character development that takes a lifetime to master, but no one will ever know. And there are some things that I believe, and, and, and this is really where I'm going with this particular story time with you all. There are some things I believe in this life and in this world that have yet to be unearthed that we are standing on on a daily basis, that we are sitting on, that we are walking upon without recognizing yet what they are. Just like some of the modern technological advancements that we hold in our hands, things like our phones and the computers that we type away at all day and all the various technological improvements that we've had in life. Um, my goodness, uh, like we have a little heater in our bathroom and when it's really cold, we just we just hit this remote from our, our bed and it starts to warm up our bathroom so that when we go into the bathroom, it's warm. And there are homes that actually have, uh, some of you may be walking in those floors where the, the floors are heated because of the various uh, designs there are to make the floors heated and so on with hot water pipes underneath the flooring. And, and there's all these advancements, all these things we get to enjoy that were, were actually around in the 1500s but the people had not yet risen to that level of advancement and understanding to be able to make use of what was actually in the air, in the atmosphere available to mankind. And, and what I believe is the most, the most significant component as far as I'm concerned to advancement and to finding those things that are under our feet that have great value to us and perhaps to humanity at large is to be open to change and to be willing to lay down what we've always accepted as the reality 
and the only truth that we've been able to accept. I'm not speaking of the fundamentals of our faith, but I'm speaking of our ways, of the ways of doing things, of the way of the ways of perceiving life that we hold on to so tenaciously sometimes at the expense of advancement, at the expense of unearthing those treasures that have been so meticulously put there for us from heaven to find, to explore, to discover, to find, and then to utilize and leverage for the advancement of the kingdom. I want to give you an example. I was I was recently in in Cyprus and I went to visit my family and and my my dad was having is having some surgeries and I wanted to be there for him for some of the procedures leading up to the surgery that's coming up um, this year and and it's a serious surgery and very life threatening and so on so I wanted to make sure that I that I'm there when I can be there and my parents are I've talked about my parents over the years and I tell a lot of jokes and funny stories about them and and but but the truth is. Uh, some of those stories are, are are exaggerated or fabricated to be funny and, and to enjoy with everyone. But but my parents are my heroes in so many ways. There there are many different facets of their lives and of their character that I admire, that I'm inspired by, and they are they are rocks in my life. I respect them immensely, and it was an honor to to be with them. At the same time, and having said that, with in all sincerity. Their lifestyle is something that is very contrary to what I've become and the way I live my life. My parents, for example, and I say this with all respect and without any condemnation or accusation or in any way mockery, but they live a very Spartan life. And there's a lot of respect for anyone that's frugal. I want you to always remember this if, if you want to and if you can. Never criticize frugality. Never Stinginess is a different thing because it's an attitude of the heart, but to be frugal is actually commendable if that's the way someone wants to live. And frugality is when someone who could spend more for something chooses to spend less because they want to conserve, right? Living a life of conservation is not something to ever criticize or point the finger at, and I respect it. However, in some areas of life, I don't understand it. And when I was with my parents, um, I, I, I'm accustomed to a certain lifestyle in the United States where I live with my family and I've raised my children a certain way. I live with Danielle a certain way. And, and it was very uncomfortable for me to be in their home. I, again, I say this with respect. Uh, the, my parents will have one light on at any given time in the area that they occupy. They, it is unthinkable to them to have lights on in the house in areas they are not occupying or someone else is not occupying. Unthinkable to the point that if you leave a light on for five seconds in an area that you're not occupying, they will shout from another part of the house, shut that light off. As though there is an, an orbiting buzzsaw about to chop everybody's heads off if you don't shut that light off. And I grew up this way. They've always been that way. Um, they have the most meager things by way of furniture, by way of, of any comforts. They have a microwave from the 1980s. I'm amazed it still works. The, the plastic, the hard plastic around it has turned yellow. It used to be white. So it's a yellow microwave that used to be white. I think you get the idea. And, and I understand that in some places where this message is going today, the circumstances of your life um, have you uh, uh, it, celebrating a yellow microwave and that's something you would have wished you had. I understand this. I understand that I live in comfort and luxury compared to other parts of the world 
and I respect everything everybody's coming from. However, my parents are making a choice to live that way, though they could live better, right? They could have the lights on. So one of the concerns that they had was that uh, thieves might come and attack them because they're older. They can't protect themselves as well as they used to. Um, the, the emergency services are not very good and there had been some break-ins and even some uh, home invasions in their area recently. So I said to them, listen, I have an idea, uh, obviously take it or leave it, but forever it's worth, it might be good to leave lights on in the house where you give the impression there are more people in the home than there are and that there's more life and more activity than there is. If you're sitting but just by one little light that's burning, um, you know, the, the equivalent of, of 10 cents a month uh, of electricity, it's giving the impression that the house is empty or very few people live in it. So it was just a s simple solution to which they, you know, my parents, it was as though I had insulted their intelligence or something, said it's unthinkable for us to have lights on if we're not going to be in a room. So their ways, the way that they've been raised, the way that they have um, they've carved these pathways in their minds of how things should be does not allow them for their own safety to have extra lights on. They actually have, um, they have uh, um, solar panels that render their electric bill almost completely nil every month. They have to give extra excess electricity that they produce to the city as a gift or as part of the deal because they don't use it. So their electric bill is something like 20 euros every two months, and yet they will not turn lights on in an area that they're not occupying because it's ingrained in them. This is how we are. This is how we live. This is how it's always going to be. And again, I respect that. I don't understand it. So the point I'm trying to make is if we tenaciously hold on to the ways we've always done things and are not open to change, what we will always have is what we've always had. And there could be treasure beneath the floorboards, as there is in my newest Lego set, right? Some, some of the greatest treasures are actually underneath. There's one little piece that's in the shape of a, of a diamond, and it's, and it's a colorful one, and it's, and it's buried right where the bones are, you know, in the set. And, and, it's, and it's hidden there. And there's another uh, rod that looks like a, a rod of gold, and it's a little Lego piece. It actually says Lego on it. And it's also in that area where the bones are, but it's areas that no one will ever see except the builder who's building it. And I want to say that the builder and the maker of our faith, Yeshua, he has placed treasure under our feet. He has put in the very atmosphere that we breathe every day, the capacity for greatness and advancement of the kingdom through our lives. Let's consider laying down some of the things we've always accepted as the only way and be open to change and transformation that can render us able to maximize our potential on the earth. Until we speak again, let's remain in his love. I hope you've enjoyed story time. Shalom.